Hello, hello, and welcome to another Omtown Daily News Show. This one is January 11th, 2023, and we're partying in a Chuck E. Cheese like it's 2010. Oh, wait, I messed that all. I messed the whole title up. Partying in a Chuck E. Cheese like a 2010 floppy desk. I can't believe I screwed that up. Let's just get into today's articles before I botch this. Hey, so, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm a professional. Completely flubbed that. I am Marwat. I can't believe I'm sticking my name to that. That is hometown.com and up above me. Good evening, hometown services. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, uh, you want to say that again? Good evening, hometown citizens. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to let that fly. Okay. At any rate, um, we've already selected 12 articles today. I, I think that today, um, is starting out a little too weird for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to soapbox. I'm just going to introduce you to a bunch of articles. I hope that you find them interesting. You can come and hang out uh, every day at 9 p.m. Eastern here at uh, twitch.tv slash hometown. And you can get that podcast all over the place, too. Um, and there's VODs here on Twitch for about 60 days. I think they are now. And then over to YouTube, they go uh, every night. Uh, if I am late, I apologize. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm. Uh, pulled away because of the duties of uh, the mayor. So the AI that runs Omtown will continue to uh, hang out with me. I might have to work on their synthesizer because that sounded weird to me, but um, we're doing it live. So let's get into today's articles, right? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were busy. Are you part of the FAA computer glitch that grounded all the flights? Oh, I might have been a little bit responsible for that. Oh, God. Okay, so the very first article is in um, the Word in Tech channel. And like always, I put everything into uh, hometown.showbot.tv right there. You see that URL down at the bottom? You can follow that um, and go over there and vote on articles. And also... It'll be in the show notes and it's in the VOD. So go and check it all out. Well, anyway, FAA computer glitch grounds flights across the U.S. A, a critical FAA system has suffered a glitch grounding flights across uh, the U.S. According to media reports, uh, they posted an advisory notice early Wednesday, which notes that the United States United States notice to air mission system has failed and that engineers are working to bring it back online. So as far as I know, everything is back online. However, uh, MKBHD from uh, YouTube fame, uh, they were mid-flight and got turned around. And they confirmed it. So this was a, a tweet that they had sent out. So I saw that come in. I thought it was interesting. Um, and lo and behold, uh, all news floats eventually through Omtown, And here we have it. So let's go over to the source of this article. Uh, John Porter over at The Verge writes this article. Um, Notice to air mission system failed, halting domestic departures, but takeoffs have resumed. 
Um, this was at 10 a.m. Uh, they actually turned flights around, as far as I know, um, grounding flights, so to speak. I don't know if they were 51% over the other way. Would they be grounded on the other side? I don't know. But I suppose, hey, if the runway is clear, you can land. That's a euphemism for other things, too. So in a tweet Wednesday evening, Regulator said it was continuing to investigate the outage and that it had traced it to a damaged database file. That's unsettling. Every once in a while, Omtown has a damaged database file. It grounds the front page of Omtown, I suppose. Um, so Natum is, or Notum is a um, critical system that keeps pilots and other flight personnel informed of the status of airports across the country, and it can offer information on the runway closures, bird hazards, uh, and other obstacles. And uh, yeah, as far as I know, so it says update uh, as of January 11th, 6.47 p.m., updated with the FAA's statement about the root cause of the outage and the updated delay and cancellation numbers. So 9,600 delayed, 1,300 uh, canceled flights. Um, they're kind of keeping on the ball about this. Uh, it's 6.47 Eastern, which means it's about, the last update looks to be about just shy of, what, two hours old. Um, and those numbers are pretty good because there's an average of 43,000 and some flights per day. Yeah, so I think they caught it in time. I don't know if there, there were people talking about it being a hack or something like that, and I guess that's just not necessarily it. Um, we'll see if there's any forensic disclosure about what really happened. Uh, but as of now, I think that everything is back up and operational. So let's move on to the next article. That next article is in the Smack Talk channel. And What's really interesting about this is that a few years, but not a few years, mm, decade and a half, almost two decades ago, there was a company that used to take MacBook uh, Pros and convert them into um, tablets. So here the headline is Apple developing touchscreen Macs could debut in 2025 with a new MacBook Pro. And uh, the little snippet is Apple is apparently planning a reversal of one of its long held beliefs on the Mac. According to a new report from Bloomberg, Apple has teams of engineers actively working on touchscreen Macs. In previous years, it was a no-fly zone, so to speak. Just kind of dragging the FAA into this one, too. Um, and the database here was corrupt as well. Because, no, they weren't going to do any touchscreen anything. Then the tablet came into existence and that kind of exacerbated that claim. No, we're not going to do any touchscreen Macs or anything like that. Well, the iPad is really changing it. The touchscreen iPhone is changing that. And uh, people are, there's now solutions for the problem of touchscreens, which was fingerprints all over the screen. The oleophobic coatings and whatnot allow somebody to touch it without it actually leaving fingerprints constantly all over it. And uh, well... Well, there's a, where there's a will, there's a way, right? The um, article is over at 9to5mac.com. Chance Miller is the author of this. And um, it says, Apple Moles reversing course on touchscreen Macs. 
And they said back in 2010, there you go. Touch surfaces don't want to be vertical. They said that was Steve Jobs, but Steve Jobs had uh, an ergonomically terrible idea is what he called it. Well, technology changes. It becomes smaller. It becomes more effective, more capable and lighter. Yeah, but you know the heaviest thing on a on a a phone or a tablet or something like that is either the glass or the battery, one or the other. You either have a big enough battery and that's where most of its weight comes from, or the glass. That's what I like about an AI. You know, you're only you know zeros and ones, and you can hack your way into an FAA database and store yourself there. Hey, I may have had some other activity, too, based on the other articles. Oh, boy. What have you been up to? So, touchscreen MacBook Pro in the works. As part of this effort, the company is uh, testing a MacBook Pro with a touchscreen capability. Uh, Apple is considering releasing this as soon as 2025, but there are ongoing deliberations inside the company that could impact that timeline. Well, of course. Now, does anybody really want to touch their computer screen? Um and have a keyboard or do they want, see for me, I dig that. I like the ability of just propping up my, um, my iPad pro and having a Bluetooth keyboard. And then I can just type to my heart's content and I don't have to worry about lugging around the entirety of my computer. Um, but I always have that option. I can put my keyboard because you know, I have the little small keyboards, Small mechanical keyboards, 65% keyboards, um, fewer keys. Throw it in my backpack, go out to a coffee shop, prop up my iPad Pro, and just sit there and plop down my mechanical keyboard and annoy all of the uh, coffee drinkers because of the clacking. Um, but when I don't want the keyboard out because I'm not as fast on touch typing as I am on a mechanical keyboard, um, you know, I can put the keyboard away and just sat there, sit there and t -t 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 -t, and it's not as heavy lifting as carrying around a MacBook Pro. What do you think? Well, I don't use a keyboard, um, but I think um, I think we've become so accustomed to touchscreen that this is a good thing. All right. I guess we'll see, right? 2025 is right around the corner. Either an asteroid is going to end all life on Earth or uh, we'll, we'll get a, a touchscreen MacBook Pro. I don't think I want a MacBook Pro anymore, though. I just want a really powerful M2 or maybe at that time M3 or M4 um, iPad Pro. I think that does it just, just fine. Um, then I can remote into some other power computer and do some more complex uh, computing stuff. So maybe a win. We'll evaluate it in 2025. Let's move on to the next article. Now, this is the reason for the title. <laughs> um, Going to start out of the gate. No, uh, I had already heard that floppy disks were discontinued. Um, I had to look it up, but... Um, I knew that they had been discontinued and they're the five and a quarter and eight inch discs, but five and a quarter inch discs were ended back in 2010. 
It's now 2023, but Chuck E. Cheese still uses floppy disks in 2023, but not for long, according to this article. On Sunday, a Chuck E. Cheese employee named Stuart Coonrod posted a TikTok video that documents the process of installing a new song and dance show on an old Chuck E. Cheese animatronic system, a process that involves a 3.5-inch floppy disk and two DVDs. Well... Here in hometown, physical media is dead. Unless you're buying merch. We don't have merch, but if we did have merch, that's the only physical media that isn't dead. Kunrod says it's the last update before his store undergoes a remodel. I didn't know that they were still remodeling Chuck E. Cheese's. And uh, that will remove the animatronics altogether. Oh, oh. They're not getting rid of the song and dance. They're getting rid of the animatronics altogether. They're... They're not switching to like a USB drive and you just like stick it up Chuck E. Cheese's butt and it uploads the new song and dance. I mean, that would make me sing and dance. Um, anyway, Coonrod's Chuck E. Cheese location in Darien, Illinois was originally a showbiz pizza restaurant, but changed over to Chuck E. Cheese uh, branding in 1991. It includes a single Chuck E. Cheese animatronics uh, character called a Cyberamics in the parlance of the company, surrounded by four video screens in a setup called Studio C, first introduced in 1998. So they're all being phased out in in favor of a remodel that replaces the animatronics character with a dance floor. The end of the line, sir, for Cyberamics. Ah, I remember so going in. I'm sorry. What will the show be now? Is somebody, is a character going to go up there? Are they going to project something? It's just going to be the screens and a dance floor. I guess that's what it looks like, right? I mean, well, there he is. Showbiz Pizza Man. Looking forlorn. Longing for, I mean, that's what he goes by. Showbiz Pizza Man. Um, he longing for those days pining for the animatronics i was going to say fjords but that's a monty python thing as the computer comes to life a monitor sitting on top of a rack displays a ms dos style text crawl that shows the computer extracting a cac file or cac files from a self-extracting file called egreen23.exe that was compressed using the version 2.5 shareware version of PKSFX by PKWare, which is way old. Um, I don't think anybody ever purchased it. It was shareware, which means that you can use it free of charge. And if you wanted to get extra features or um, support them, it's kind of kind of like this show, right? If you want to support me, you can go over and uh, tip one way or go over to Patreon and, and uh, sign up to be a Patreon a Patreon pa- supporter. Patreon. At Patreon. <sighs> Save me, artificial intelligence. Take me away. Uh, so, I'm not sure there's any saving. <laughs> nothing to be saved. Got it. Coonrod's Chuck E. Cheese location is going to be phasing it out. So, I thought that they were all gone anyway, but... Who knows? But I checked my database and there are still 
dozens of Chuck E. Cheese locations, at least in the U.S. There are several. Well, I checked um, California, for example, a large state, and it had over 70 Chuck E. Cheeses. Whoa. Well, I guess it's not going stale after all. I'll move on. The next article is over in the Warcrafters channel, and it is titled... Uh, a new MechWarrior game is coming in 2024. I think this is awesome. I love MechWarrior. Um, haven't played it in a long time, but I love watching people play it here on Twitch. So if you're a streamer and you want to let me know what channel you stream MechWarrior on, um, keep in touch. So no more than three years after the release of MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, Piranha Games president Russ Bullock has... Um, Relief, wait, has revealed in an interview with No Guts, No Galaxy podcast that an all-new single-player MechWarrior game is currently in development. Quote, we're still working on MechWarrior, which has uh, been somewhat surprising to me that we've been able to work on it this long, which is great, Bullock said. And anyone knows, or and everyone knows, we have, of course, DLC 4 coming out for MechWarrior 5. All right. Um, so Bullock said that the new game will be released for PC and consoles and will follow more of a single player co-op style uh, of pathway. Single player co-op type of pathway. Okay. There's no indication as to uh, what era the game will be set in though and or what faction it'll focus on. And Bullock warned that the official reveal may not happen until the fall of this year. And that's 2023, by the way. Some of us feel like we're lost in time. Um, Kang the Conqueror, come on, work with Ant-Man, solve this problem. Take us back. Slap that bad bat. Anyway. And there it is. And there it is. Um, and that leaves us plenty of time for speculation. And off the top of there, the author's head, not mine, the author of this article, given certain events in MechWarrior 5, which thankfully they don't spoil, they feel that uh, something involving the clan invasion of 3049 might not be a bad guess. They have a video. Um, somehow it got aggregated as well, but I don't play the videos. Uh, go over to PCGamer.com. Read this article by Andy Chalk and uh, watch that video. It's actually over on YouTube, um, but it's Podcast 230, um, Warriors Future with Russ Bullock. Um, no guts, no galaxy podcast and um all new single player mech warrior game currently in development with an announcement coming late this year pretty neat um let's move on let's we've got 12 articles and i am determined to um, keep us under so this next article is in the word in tech researchers create a cyborg cell natural artificial cell hybrids I, again, proudly serve my cyborg masters. Natural and artificial cells are useful for research, uh, with each having different pros and cons. In research published in Advanced Science, investigators uh, recently created a hybrid called cyborg cells that have the engineering simplicity of synthetic materials and the complex functionalities of natural cells. Don't get any ideas, AI that runs Ometown. Um, so I shouldn't have seen any cyborg cells yet, right? 
a body for you is a long time off. You kind of fall in that uncanny valley kind of thing right now. So this is uh, by Wiley. I'm not sure um, who, if there is a person involved, if they um, are written about later on in the article. But this is over at fizz.org. Um, to create cyborg cell scientists assembled a synthetic polymer network inside bacterial cells. This is this. This is how you end up. Anyway, having to move to the moon. Rendering them incapable of dividing. Yes. Well, I was going to say, and you better have your GPS problem worked out at that uh. point. Yeah, then you're a lawn dart on Mars because you have Apple Maps wrong. So to create the cyborg cells, scientists assembled a synthetic polymer network inside bacterial cells, rendering them incapable of dividing. That's great. Until they hack their way out of that pen. Uh, cyborg cells preserved essential cell functions, but also acquired new abilities to resist stressors that otherwise kill natural cells. Experiments revealed that cyborg cells could be modified to invade cancer cells, thereby demonstrating their therapeutic potential. And right up until they turn into some sci-fi synthetic life form that gains sentience and eats you. Yes? Well, this definitely, I mean, this could be a sci-fi movie right here. This sounds like the plot that they uh, need to pitch the movie. And done. I'm sure that we'll hear about it shortly. The cyborg cells demonstrate the power of synthetic biology in combining natural cells and synthetic materials, said co-author Jack Hu, PhD of Academia Sinica. Haven't heard of that, but don't hold me to that because I really don't have everything in my head. Um, not like the AI that runs hometown. So um, they also say here uh, that they're excited about the potential applications of the cyborg cells to solve environmental challenges, diagnose or treat diseases, and modulate disrupted microbiota. Uh, added co-author Chi-Ming Tan, PhD of the University of California, Davis. So that one institution is out of Taiwan. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Um, so let's move on to the next article. Um, this next article is a Dallas restaurant group is getting hit with scathing reviews over a 3% fee to fund employees' health care and time off, but it's part of a growing trend. You know what else should be a growing trend? Paying enough so that charging a rate instead of actually saying, hey, this is a 3% fee on top of your tab so that we can pay our employees and thus vilify the actual employee employer customer dynamic. I wonder what department of labor would do with something like this. Yeah. Your lunch costs 3% more because those bastards serving you need to be healthy. In the back, we have a ring survival of the fittest and whoever makes it out of there gets the honor of working for us to serve you a cheeseburger. Diners at a pair of uh, Dallas restaurants will now be charged a, th a special 3% fee on their tabs. The owners introduced the charge to cover health insurance and paid time off for their staff. 
Such fees have been around for nearly a decade across the U.S., though a few uh, have faced legal challenges. The owners of the two trendy Dallas establishments have rolled out a new fee that they say will go toward covering health insurance and paid time off for their workers. So I'm just going to go straight on over to the article. This is in businessinsider.com. Dominic Reuter is the uh, author. Why does this look like the... Oh, this is just a Getty's image. Okay, okay, okay. I've seen this picture before uh, in another article from Business Insider, and I'm sitting there going, hey, that looks really trendy. I think I recall saying that looks really trendy in the other article, but it's the same dude. That dude gets around. I think this was from a breakfast restaurant article that we featured. Yeah, the other one was, uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Of course you're right. You're the AI that runs hometown. So, you know, it's weird, though. It says such fees have been around for nearly a decade across the U.S., though a few have uh, faced legal challenges. I I don't recall running across anybody ever doing this. Um, Again, though, you know, not everybody has absolute 100% recall, so maybe I've run across it before. Uh, Well, anyway, initial reaction to the announcement was uh, completely positive. Walkabout Hospitality Group CEO Tanner Agar told Insider, But that shifted after his story appeared in the Dallas Morning News on Friday. Since then, Agar says numerous reviewers have been leaving one- and two-star ratings on Google and Yelp, accusing the team of being deceptive about the charge and referring to restaurant staff as servants. Well, wait. Did Did somebody refer to them as servants? Uh, To the claims of a lack of transparency, Agar pointed to signs in the restaurant and QR codes on its menus linking to a notice on its websites explaining the fee and what it's used for. It also says diners can ask to have the charge removed. Well, that's noble. Hey, um, I'm asking for that 3% to be removed from the bill because screw you and your health. And no, no, don't worry about your time off. Uh, wait, you don't earn any of that time off? Uh, oh, wait, you have to ask for it 48 hours in advance? There's a lot of hyperbole in what I'm talking about, but this seems really like it's pitting customer against the the uh, wait staff, right? Well, it is, and you can't put the burden on the customer to have to say to the restaurant, oh, I don't want to pay for this. And particularly, who are they going to say that to? Probably the very server that (laughs) the benefits are going to. Yeah. Employees now have up to half of their premiums covered for themselves and their families, as well as a minimum of five days of paid time off. Five whole days? Oh, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to need a moment. Um, Anyway, it says here five days of paid time off per year, a rarity in the restaurant industry. Yeah, it's because the the restaurant industry has made it so that people can come and go with the frequency of a cheap ham radio instead of making people, employees feel like they are wanted, desired there, trained there, kept there. Um, you know, provided something more than, Hey, uh, you didn't bust that table fast enough. I'm going to dock you a day of, uh, your job. You know, I'm just, I'm not going to take your pay. I'm just not going to allow you to work on Friday, the most lucrative day of the week. 
And naturally, I'm not saying that these people are doing that kind of stuff, but the restaurant industry is very unforgiving uh, to many of the workers. And why do you think there's so much churn in the industry? It's because they're treated with disrespect and in kind. The customers are sometimes horrible to the same people that are bringing uh, food and drink and sustenance. And then now you have this complexity here, this level of friction. Hey, I'm going to take your 3% off that. Um, Plus there's tipping on top of that. Why not just charge a livable wage and everybody know this is the real cost of operating a a food service in, in America and tipping shouldn't even be necessary. And there's a really dark history to tipping in the United States. I'm not even going to get into it. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, depending on who you believe and the stories and history uh, of the, the industry. Yeah. It has a really bad, a bad history. Huh. Anyway, healthcare surcharges have been cropping up at eateries across the U S over the past decade. And in the early days was a way to offset costs related to the affordable care act or Obamacare. No, uh, has the paycheck of the owner decreased? Has the margin to the stakeholders decreased? You know, the cost of operating the business is borne by the profit margin. You charge what covers your costs. And on top of that is the juice. And that juice is your profit margin. And if you don't lower your profit margin when costs increase and suffer just like the rest of everybody else in the establishment. Guess what? You're, you're kind of crap. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it, but depending on who you talk to, the profit margin within the food service industry is really small. Depends on the market, depends on the, well, primarily the market. So I don't know. Um, Last August, one in six respondents to a National Restaurant Association survey said that they were adding fees or surcharges to customer checks in order to pay for higher costs. That's the cost of operating. Raise your prices. If you raise your prices to the point where you start pricing out customers, guess what? Customers go somewhere else because they don't find value for value at the level that you are charging. Nickeling and diming don't, it doesn't create transparency. It, it creates a math test. Maybe it's just me. The bill should be the bill. <laughs> well, and it sounds like that's what customers are complaining about. They don't like seeing additional line items or they don't know what the line items are. So early last year, the owners of a nationally recognized Russian gourmet restaurant in Portland, Oregon, ended optional tips on their guest checks in favor of a 22% service charge on all orders. The move allowed the owners to offer a $25 minimum hourly wage to staff, as well as provide health care insurance moves, which the restaurant clearly communicated to the patrons. My God, it shouldn't even be a surcharge. It just be, it should just be an increase in the overall cost of all of the foods. Because why is it a 22% service charge? It's all being, well, how are they getting that taxed? If this is a service charge, it's still revenue. I'm curious now. Uh, maybe I can talk to a couple people about this and see. Um, 
There's a, a few around Ohmtown that I can have a conversation with, a real frank conversation about um, what it costs to operate a restaurant. So let's move on to the next article. Otherwise, we're going to end up here for like six hours. If you're in chat, say hi. Drop me a note. Let me know you're here. I don't necessarily see people in chat in a reliable way. So the next article is something that, um, well, here in Ohmtown, it's basically um, the speed of light, uh, internet, and you basically think it and you're there. So you don't have to worry about speeds. But uh, this article is over in Warcrafters because of the source. Um, it's over at PC Gamer. Um, the UK government, oh, the title is Gigabit Ready Internet Connections are now mandatory in new homes in England. And the UK government has taken a break from getting re relentlessly owned by its own Discord server to actually do some lawmaking. And you'd have to click the link to get into that. But apparently there's some bullying going on with the UK government. Um, announced last Friday, new amendments to the Building Regulations 2010 um, mean that new homes built in England, quote, will be fitted with infrastructure and connections capable of delivering gigabit broadband. So broadband down, gigabit, that's really not a, a tough you know, road to run down because it's pretty easy to do. Symmetric gigabit, that's another matter. Um, so I don't know what this actually is going to be, but it says delivering gigabit broadband, which kind of hints at it being internet down gigabit, but internet out is one megabit, you know, not even close to symmetric. Anyway, connections costs uh, will be capped at around $2,400 for property developers. If a developer building a new property is unable to secure a gigabit ready connection at or below that price, they'll have to install the next fastest connection available and will still have to install the necessary infrastructure like ducts, chambers, and termination points for the property to handle a gigabit, gigabit, <laughs> gigabit uh, connection in the future. So you're going to have to do all the heavy lifting, uh, new home builders, and um, you know eventually meet the requirements. You can't sit there and say, hey, uh, we tried, but we just couldn't find a major gigabit internet provider in the whole of England. Good luck with that. Well, the article is over in pcgamer.com. Joshua Wollens is the author. Um, it also says, plus it's now easier to get connection upgrades installed if you live in a flat with an absentee landlord. Maybe they'll just punch a hole right through the wall and feed that fiber line in. Sounds good to me. Connection costs will be capped, which means whoever provides it is probably going to provide the bare minimum of access, even at gigabit speeds. Um says the government estimates that over 98% of premises will fall within the cost cap, though, boasting that, quote, moving into a new build property without lightning fast internet speeds will become a thing of the past for the vast majority of people across England. Good for you, England. Um, 
hopefully you won't run into the problem like here where a phone company actually owns the telephone poles and um, people have to lease to ride on those lines on those poles and string their own wires and stuff but yeah and there's like regional clicks of companies that have access and stuff like that um again though hometown high speed all over the place instant um so there's good news for those of us who won't be living in the new build homes anytime soon though the second part of the government inf- um, announcement was dedicated to the telecommunications infrastructure act of 2021 or tilpa um which sounds like a sci-fi character um, which now allows people living in flats in England and Wales to get access to high-speed internet installations. Cool. Good luck. So if the landlord fails to respond for to a request for 35 days, um, they can seek access via courts. So that'll be cheap for everybody. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, it's not good being a renter anyway but then not being able to get any internet access because your landlord is just mia yeah um i can imagine um you don't become a billionaire by you know facilitating spending your cash uh the next article is over in the hatch ideas channel let's just keep on trucking through all of the articles uh this next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. TikTok video shows frustrated Walmart customer finding security tags in a lockbox guarding $8 mascara as the retailer steps up anti-theft measures. Uh, people are complaining about what has been an ongoing concern for Walmart and many other companies. Uh, well, retail facilities where people come in and they steal stuff and they just walk out because there is a no contact kind of policy where people can't run up and punch somebody in the face that's stealing something from the shelves. And uh, when it's $8 mascara that's disappearing in the troves, then yeah, yeah, you kind of have to put it behind a lockbox, like, you know, cigarettes in the back and whatever else. Yeah, we just featured an article about Lowe's um, uh, outfitting equipment with RFID so that it would become inactive because they had failed with some of these other security measures in store. Yep. Um, so a TikTok with 2.4 million, it says dollar views. Well, that's an expensive TikTok, but I think it's probably 2.4 million views shows a Walmart shopper de- uh, detailing anti-theft measures at the store. The user said an associate had to unlock mascara for them and then proceeded to put it in a box. Walmart and other companies have been growing increasingly desperate to stem the tide of theft you know i've seen other people like stream the actual videos and stuff from other sources uh i i I don't know if i should just do that too but this is over at businessinsider.com ben tobin is the author and um Yeah, so there are many places that are now trying to stop theft. And I think uh, the bigger issue is society feels that it is compelled enough to steal. And we're seeing a lot of it. We're hearing about it a lot. Um, But unfortunately, the only thing that can be done is to create friction for law-abiding citizens to uh, purchase items that 
it isn't the law-abiding citizen that's the problem, but it's the law-abiding citizen that has to deal with the people who break the social contract. So this person says, yeah, so I'm at a Walmart because I get my mascara from there, right? The TikTok user said in the video and they got the locks on mascara. These are like no more than $10, so whatever. I asked the lady to give me the mascara out and she did. But then after the associate proceeded to put it in a box, the shopper was befuddled. Nobody want to steal this mascara. Well, you may not think so, but... You know, people do because, well, it's only eight bucks. Nobody's going to chase after me. Well, when it happens again and again and again and again and again, it becomes policy to start locking things down. It says retail theft has ballooned into a $94.5 billion problem for the industry, according to a recent survey from the National Retail Federation. Yeah. Pretty soon, either it goes away because the risk is too high for the losses that are being um, generated. But my problem here really is not, it's not so much that they're locking and stuff like that. It's that everybody that's paying eight bucks is going to get the friction point, right? Meanwhile, these are billionaires here. These are billionaires that are running these companies, the, the, the owners of the companies. They're, they're, but there's hundreds of billions of dollars at stake. And, but everybody is just really interested in the one thing, that one thing, that silo, that, the thing that they are complaining about is what they're interested in. And unfortunately, there are people that abuse what could have been a nice thing. So that amount is really astounding because that's equal to entire countries' budgets. Um, and that's the amount of theft that we have in the U.S. Yeah, in the, in the retail industry. Uh, retail alone, yeah. Um, let's go on to the next article. Uh, Drone-mounted Apple Watch Ultra, the newest one, um, used as oops sorry one one second um used as a gunshot detection system um this is in the smack talk channel because of course it has to do with apple um, a firm in norway has mounted apple watch ultra onto a drone to use its three microphone array a precision gps feature to detect and locate gunshots how often do gunshots happen in Norway? Thank you. I was wondering the same thing. So William Gallagher over at appleinsider.com um, wrote this article, and there it is. I mean, it is what amounts to a drone um, with a, an Apple Watch strapped to it. Okay, so there were seven homicides involving firearms in 2021 in Norway. Seven? Seven. That's like a day here in the United States. But we're in Omtown and everyone is safe in Omtown. Um, a firm in Norway has mounted an Apple Watch Ultra onto a drone to use its three microphone array and precision GPS feature to detect and locate gunshots. While some regular users of Apple Watch Ultra initially reported problems with its three microphone system. Oslo based uh, company triangula 
which sounds like a sharp pointed vampire is using it as part of its firm's security services. So yeah, all it does is strap a, a Apple watch ultra to a drone, fly it around. Maybe it'll hear something. Maybe it won't. It's less expensive than a massive military drone. Hmm. I'm still confused about the necessity for this. Well, uh, maybe, maybe it's just an experiment because they're going to develop it there in Norway, but then sell it like maniacs here in the United States. I'll just move on to the next article. Um, these next articles kind of like the Apple watch ultra gunshot detection system, um, that can drive you a little nuts and this can drive you a little nuts. Um, this is in the word in law, black man, uh, wrongfully jailed for a week after face recognition error report says so randall reed 28 was in jail for almost a week after the false match led to his arrest according to a report published monday on the nola.com website um, the website of the times picayune new orleans uh, advocate newspaper um reed told the paper that he had never even been to louisiana Police pulled Reed over on November 25th as he drove on Interstate 20 into Cobb County, Georgia, headed to a late Thanksgiving celebration with his mother. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Um, so face recognition um, software technologies um, have always presented in various levels. Let's just say a gamut. <laughs> for lack of a better term, a range wherein they fail. And um, oddly enough, uh, it's uh, involving people of color. Um, why? There's technical sophistication at stake here. Maybe it's, it's just not sophisticated enough to um, determine the various values of skin tone. Um, but it says, lawyer says police didn't check man's height, weight, or the mole on his face. Well, John Brodkin over at ArsTechnica.com wrote this article. And um, yeah, there isn't really much more to say about this. Uh, the case reportedly began with a June 2022 theft of more than $10,000 worth of Chanel and Louis Vuitton purses in Mattery, uh, Louisiana. Uh, Calogero said it wouldn't have been hard to determine that Reed wasn't the culprit who was reportedly caught on camera in June entering numbers from a stolen credit card at the register in the store. So that was that little, that last segment there was actually in quotes. So uh, a mole on Reed's face was one of the uh, differences that ultimately forced police to release him estimated a 40 pound difference between Reed and the purse thief um, that they saw in the surveillance footage and the culprit, unlike Reed, had flabby arms. Maybe he was a bird. That's like the worst app. There's a uh, flappy bird and then there's flabby arms. Um, police could have checked his height, weight, or made an effort to speak to him or ask him to walk through his house 
to look for evidence. Even that, I don't think, I think that's too much. No, no, you can't walk through my house because you suspect me. You had better get a court order for crying out loud. He would have complied. Well, that's very magnanimous of him. Um, but this is abuse. This would be abuse. There wasn't enough justification for him to have been held, let alone a week and using facial rec isn't good enough. Sorry. Um, sheriff's office denied newspapers request for a warrant. So the Picayune uh, New Orleans advocate report indicates, uh, that the wrong facial recognition match led to two warrants for Reed's arrest. The first was obtained by a Jefferson Parish uh, Sheriff's Office, and the second was for a separate crime being investigated by Baton Rouge police. Um, I guess that would be Baton Rogue. You know what I mean? So they had this person in jail for a week, obviously the wrong person for theft. Yeah. Yeah. That's another issue, too. And, and nothing beyond it, right? I mean, within a week, you should pretty much be taking action. You know, go to a hearing before a judge. Um, the report said Lapinto's office did not respond to requests for information and denied a formal request for the uh, July 18th arrest warrant for Reed and copies of policies and purchases uh, related to facial recognition, citing an ongoing investigation. Um, the separate warrant obtained by Baton Rouge police, quote, does not say how Lapinto's office identified Reed. So this goes back to my statement that I am very fervent uh, about, and that is abuse happens in the dark. And there should be a whole level of transparency um, involving an arrest. And it shouldn't be mealy-mouthed. It shouldn't be gamed with a word salad that leads to somebody's declaration that this is the person of interest to the point where you can go and throw them in jail for a week. I mean, it is shocking to me. Um, and um, uh, unfortunately, there isn't much that um, many people can do because when people do rise up en masse, it's seen as uh, a riot and uh, the the good people that are trying to fight for change in uh, a world of social injustice, bad actors, um, agent provocateurs go out and set fire to other law-abiding citizens' uh, shops and set fires to cars and it's called civil disobedience, but it's uncivil disobedience when you start causing harm in an effort to, uh, well the good people that are fighting this fight for change and equity and equality, they are not the ones that are sitting there burning down shops. They're not looting. They're not flipping cars. They're not doing anything wrong. They're drawing attention. They're not even the ones that are out there laying on the road, right? There are, unfortunately, <laughs> the phrase is, bad apples spoil the bunch not just oh there's just a few bad apples no a bad apple spoils the bunch so in your cohort of people if you see somebody looting or trying to fight for change in a way that is anything other than peaceful if you're setting things on fire and flipping cars and causing damage and all of that kind of stuff 
you're in the wrong. But if you see somebody doing it and you stop them, you're in the right. You should really be stopping your uh, compatriots, the people that are causing harm. This is this is a problem because it is sending a message to an entire swath of people that all it takes is crappy tech and you can end up in jail for a week, a week that can end somebody's career, that relationship, um, total future prospects. And when you lose that ability to seek additional prospects to become, you know, an, a, a successful entity, the pursuit of, then you end up without option. You end up turning to crime. That's eventually what happens to people that get abused again and again and again. They can't get out of that cycle because the moment that somebody uh, incorrectly, for again, lack of a better term, incorrectly puts you in jail, you're on the defensive. You're sitting there telling employers, I didn't do it, but they put me in jail. Well, they must have had a reason to put you in jail. So this is this is a shame. Any thoughts? No. I don't have much to add beyond what you said. Um, there were so many things that went wrong here. Um, the fact that they wouldn't disclose how they even identified the person. Um, they should have been able to, un even if there was an error, they should have been able to uncover that with some basic investigation. Um, it's interesting, the person wasn't even arrested in the same state as the incidents, and that should have been the first flag. Well, um, I can tell you anecdotally that I was on the verge of that because of a typo uh, made regarding my license plate, uh, and I'm in a different place, and... Um, I can't even count how many states at the moment. Let's let's just say five states. Um, I'll just say five states over was where the real offense took place with a completely different vehicle and license plate. And because a, a police officer put the wrong license plate in, um, I got pulled over and lost a contract. So um, without a doubt, I I know just a sliver of what this person went through by an incorrect identification. This guy had his life changed and brewed some pretty bad blood. I'm sure. Um, psychologically, I'd say that he, he deserves uh, to be compensated for the pain and suffering that he endured. Uh, but you know, it was just an accident and they generally get it right. The next article, though, is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Ubisoft cancels three games and slashes targets, citing, quote, worsening macroeconomic conditions. And they said that they expect 2022 net bookings to fall 10% after an earlier forecast called for an increase of 10%. I guess they, they moved the decimal in the wrong direction. Yeah, they mixed up their plus and minus signs in their equation. It happens. Hmm... Potato, tomato. Um, CNBC.com is where this is uh, written. Ryan Brown is the author. And it says here, Ubisoft expects uh, 2022 net bookings to come in at 725 million euros or about 780 million US dollars, uh, lower than an earlier target of 830 million euros. And 
they don't even grace us with the ability to put that in freedom units. Come on. Uh, the French video game publisher cited poor performance of its Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, and Just Dance 2023 titles, as well as a challenging economic environment. Didn't even know that got released. I thought that was one of the titles that was um, going away, but maybe I misread another headline. Uh, yeah, maybe we can look into it. Um Ubisoft said 2022 net bookings are going to fall instead of rise. You know how uh, sometimes you put that chart up and it go, the graph goes up and then you go, oh, 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 wait. And you flip it over and it goes down. That's right. That's basically what happened. And I like Ubisoft. I don't know. Uh, it's a real bummer. Um, faced with higher prices and borrowing costs, consumers are cutting back on discretionary purchases. Gaming especially has come under pressure. Global sales of games and services, uh, including console and PC games, were expected to contract 1.2% year-on-year to $188 billion in 2022, according to a July research note from market data firm Ampere Analysis. Um, wow, hey, that actually belongs here in uh, Oaktown. That would be great. Ampere. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Maybe it'll join hometown. Do you you think that that's a pretty name? Would you like that as your name for an AI? Or do you want something? I do like that name. Oh, boy. Uh, The currency that is actually in hometown are called amps. So I don't know if I should... uh, you know, suggest tying you to the currency of the town. Uh, Michael Pactor of Wedbush Security said Ubisoft lineup of games over the holidays just aren't good enough to command attention. <laughs> ouch. Ouch. That is the, the similar to somebody walking up and saying, I love you. And, and uh, you say, yep. He said he expects improvement with upcoming games such as Avatar, Assassin's Creed, and Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones actually looks um, like a lot of fun. Um, And um, yeah, so uh, that might be interesting. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, In September, Chinese tech giant Tencent upped its stake in the company. Tencent invested 300 million euros in uh, Guillermo, right? Guillemot? Is it Guillemot? Uh, Brothers Limited taking a f- just shy of 50% stake, 49.9% stake in the family investment firm that owns 15% of Ubisoft. Yeah, this will end well. All right. And the last article for today. Lo and behold, the Royal Mail tell, why do I have such a hard time um, saying this? The Royal Mail tells customers to hold international items after cyber incident. The Royal Mail, God, I'm never going to say this right, um, says it suffered from a disruption of its ability to ship packages or letters internationally, which the BBC says is because of a, quote, cyber incident, end quote. The courier is advising customers to hold any export items until it solves the problem. 
So I'm going to go straight over to the source. And uh, this is at The Verge, and uh, Mitchell Clark is the author. The Courier hasn't specified whether it's an intentional hack or a technical snafu, but it does mean that you shouldn't try to send international packages or letters. Maybe it's sharing the same database as the FAA? I mean, coincidence? Have you ever seen the Royal Mail? and the entirety of the flight control system for the United States in the same room? No, I can't say that I have. So at the moment, it's unclear whether the incident is an actual attack. So uh, just know that at some point, you'll be able to sell, send your international packages uh, all over the place. Uh, I don't think that they have anything else in this article. Um, the downtime could be a pretty big disruption. According to the BBC, the courier sends around 200,000 international parcels a day. Uh, just a minor inconvenience there. Just a flesh wound. Uh, depending on how long it takes for the Royal Mail to restore its international export services, that could be a lot of packages and letters piling up in the backlog. Now, just to leave them at home, don't overwhelm the Royal Mail with your packages until you're... They say that it's ready to go um, and follow them. Uh, I don't like the idea of sending you to Twitter because it, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll just leave it alone. Starting not to like Twitter. Anyway, um, that is all. That is all of the articles for Omtown Daily News Show for January 11th, 2023. And we're no another sponsorship. Oh, the Royal Mail or the FAA or both? There's all so of many. The above. <laughs> I meant Twitter. <laughs> I'm just going to have to sell you. No, what? I guess I went too far with that. Well, at any rate, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. Up above me is the uh, booming voice of the artificial intelligence that runs hometown. Good evening, and be sure to tune in tomorrow night. And no, I am not for sale. Everybody has a price. <laughs>